Please note, this episode of The Beef Edge was recorded before the outbreak of COVID-19. Hello and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's show, Dr David Kenny, researcher at Chagas Grange, discusses key aspects of a synchronisation regime for a suckler beef herd. I first asked David why current usage of artificial insemination is low in Irish suckler herds. We conducted, um, I suppose, a major survey there a number of years ago where we spoke to over 500 suckler farmers and asked them that question in terms of their, I suppose, their views on AI, would say, and whether they use it or not, and, and why they use it or why they don't use it. And while the vast majority indicated that they would use AI if they could, uh, and listed all the merits, we'll say, as they've seen uh, for the technology. Um, they did highlight, we'll say, a number of issues such as, you know, labour involved in heat detection uh, and obviously assembly of cows, we'll say, for insemination, um, fragmented farms, maybe poor facilities on out farms and the like, you know. So, you know, there is, I suppose, a, a significant commitment, we'll say, uh, for herds that want to use AI. Despite this, it's well acknowledged that there are numerous benefits to AI. What are they? Absolutely. And in that same survey, you know, there was absolutely unanimous, I suppose, response from farmers. About 85% of them said, you know, that they viewed, I suppose, the benefits of AI. Um, Principally being, we'll say, you know, I suppose, very reliable, we'll say, and the very best genetics uh, in that, you know, you're using bulls that are very uh, well proven with lots and lots of calves, we'll say, on the ground. Um, so that's the first and foremost issue, I suppose. Uh, obviously, we'll say farmers then can select bulls for either, you know, terminal traits um, for cattle that they intend to slaughter or indeed, we'll say, maternal traits for herd replacements. Um, they can, in some, you know, if they want, they can match the characteristics, we'll say, of the sire, you know, to an individual cow, which obviously you can't do if you just have one stock bull running with the herd, with the herd. And as I say, that can be for improving either terminal or replacement um, type traits. Obviously, we'll say you have a lot more confidence in terms of the calving, we'll say. Um, potential calving difficulty of the bull compared to, we'll say, buying a, you know, a stock bull, we'll say, at a sale or from a, from a herd. Uh, so that's obviously gives that, you know, level of confidence, we'll say, to farmers. Uh, and particularly so, we'll say, when you're running them with heifers. Um, you know, a lot of farmers will say would acknowledge, you know, the, 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 obvious, the obvious hazard, we'll say, of having a bull on the, uh, you know, in the herd. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of farmers that use AI extensively will say, you know, site for, for doing so. Um, and there's obviously we'll say in the, the biosecurity element will say in that every animal you bring into the herd will say there you're bringing in potential disease as well you know so from that perspective um um you know farmers will say some farmers would prefer will say to try to minimize purchases and use ai what should a beef farmer's policy be for producing quality replacement heifers well i suppose the, the first thing catherine would be that you know um you identify, we'll say, you know, high reliability, we'll say sires, we'll say for the key terminal traits that you want to improve. And, you know, for most farmers, that's going to be milk yield, we'll say, fertility and also docility. It's going to be very important, um, you know, to breed that into the herd. Um, obviously, we'll say the the ICBF's uh, replacement index is a tool, you know, that we can all use now. It's been on the, on, uh, I suppose, on the road now for a number of years, we'll say, and it can be used to rank bulls either within a particular breed or across different breeds in terms of the, their potential to breed better quality, I suppose, heifer replacement uh, replacements, we'll say, with those uh, better traits that I mentioned. 
Um, so from that perspective, um, you know, we need to be much more focused as our, I suppose, our dairy colleagues will say in terms of trying to breed and continually improve, we'll say, the genetic merit, we'll say, of the, of the heifers that we bring into the herd. Why should farmers consider synchronising beef heifers or suckler cows? Well, synchronization, I suppose, the first and foremost, it, it allows, we'll say, uh, AI to be used more practically. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I suppose, a method, we'll say, in which you can, instead of just watching, we'll say, for heats and AI in cows or heifers as they come in heat, you can actively, you know, um, synchronize, as the name suggests, we'll say, the heats of a much larger number of animals and have them all, we'll say, inseminated on one day. So obviously, from that perspective, it makes it more easily, uh, easily from a labor um, an overall efficiency uh, viewpoint. Um, for herds, maybe they have very spread, we'll say, calving patterns, for example, um, you know, you can tighten those up substantially, we'll say, by using AI. For example, you can start, we'll say, you know, all calved cows that are calved, we'll say, at least five weeks could be subjected, we'll say, at the very start of the breeding season to a synchronization program and all essentially bred on the one day. And then the repeats will say will be bred either you know through AI again will say or if you happen to have a stock stock bull will say um, they can be they can be picked up with the stock bull, so that straight away will say allows you to you know to substantially tighten will say the the the, the and pattern which is in a major issue will say from a labour perspective will say on an awful lot of herds around the country. So firstly, what is the synchronisation regime for beef heifers that you plan to put in calf this spring to calve down in 2021? Um, so I suppose. The main thing with heifers, uh, Catherine, is that, f- that for any regime to work, we'll say they have to be, uh, you know, have gone undergone puberty and have a normal, we'll say, three-week cycles. So if that's the case, well, then there are a couple of different options. I suppose, firstly, the, the, the cheapest, we'll say, um, it would be the prostaglandin-based regime that, you know, a lot of farmers would be uh, used to. Um, and essentially that's based on you know injecting a, a group of heifers um you would expect that about 50 percent of them in any one day of their cycle would say about 50 percent of them would would uh, show heat to that within about two two to five days afterwards you can obviously watch those for heat breed them and then for those heifers that don't show heat uh, and, and haven't been bred about 10 to 11 days after the first injection they can be injected again and overall between the two injections you should get about 80 to 100 percent of the heifers actually bred uh, from from that so obviously that will involve with say heat detection now the other the other uh, program that you can use would say which will have some level of effectiveness even in heifers that are not cycling yet that haven't gone undergone pu- puberty is a pro- uh, progesterone based regime so essentially a prey or a seeder which is a progesterone releasing device is inserted into the into the uh, animal's uh, vagina left in place for about uh, seven days uh, prostaglandin will say is given will say at the removal and you'd again you'd expect will say those animals uh, to show heat between two to three days later so they would be bred will say as normal um, you know on the basis of heat after that and in relation to cows that would have calved over 35 days, what would you recommend as a synchronization regime for those? So again, um, I suppose the first thing to say with with uh, those uh, calved cows would be that, as you said there, 35 days or five weeks, you'd want to give them at least that length of time, let's say, to allow the, the, the womb to repair normally, we'll say, after calving, uh, or involute is the, the technical term. Um, and 
I suppose we would see from you know our studies and a lot of on-farm work that on average at the start of the breeding season, only about 50% of cows are actually cycling or you know undergoing normal three-week cycles. Um, so obviously we'd say the pool of cows that are available to breed would we'll say is 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 not the entire herd. Um, so essentially, in those in those so, so the the other I suppose important point uh, because of that would we'll say the fact that. That only about 50% of the cows will say are undergoing cycles. A bit like what I said with the heifers, um, you know, you have to then use, we'll say, a um, program that involves using either a prid or a seed, or in other words, a, a prid or a progesterone releasing device. Um, the program that we've used would we'll say very successfully on a, a number of large um, synchronization studies where we went out to over 80 herds, the length and breadth of Ireland, and treated over 2,200 cows, um, was based on a seven-day prid, where cows would say uh, receive this prid as a say for seven days, a drug called GNRH. So farmers might know it would say as receptor, receptor or avarelin or other would say uh, trade names of that, is is uh, administered at the very start uh, when the prid is put in first. Seven days later, it's removed. Then the the animals would receive a um, an injection of prostaglandin, um, and then you have the option of either breeding the cows as you see them coming in heat. So in other words, most of them will come in heat within about three days. Or if heat detection is an issue, you can decide, okay, I'm not going to 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 watch any of them for heat, and I'm going to breed them all about 72 hours or three days after I removed the prey um, from our seed or from the animals. So that, that's what we call a timed AI or a fixed timed AI. So essentially, you call your your AI man would say to be out, um, you know, that three 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 days, essentially 72 hours after whenever you pulled uh, or removed, would say the uh, the prints or the cedar devices. So that allows, would say, I suppose, all cows to be bred, and under that type of regime, uh, we would have seen pregnancy rates somewhere in the region of 55 to 65 percent, you know. Um, and obviously, we'll say cows that don't become pregnant, the vast, vast majority will cycle normally, we'll say, you know, three weeks later, and they can be either inseminated um, again through AI, or indeed, if you have a stock bull, the stock bull will pick up those animals. So in that type of regime, we would have seen, we'll say, that in the first three weeks of the breeding season, you know, three weeks after you started, after that first AI, um, up to 80% of the treated animals will be pregnant. So it's a great way of actually tightening up, I would say, the, um, the, the, I suppose, the breeding season, but also the subsequent calving season. And just to follow on, cows that you may not have seen on heat, what regime would you recommend for those? Well, that, that, that particular regime now would say works, you know, ideally for those. So essentially, they need to have a progest for the, those to, I suppose, have any chance of becoming pregnant, we'll say they have to uh, be treated with a progesterone releasing device. So essentially a predator or a cedar. So that that seven day regime will say that I mentioned there will be ideal for those animals. Now you won't you 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 might expect a poor response in cows that haven't been I suppose undergoing normal cycles already, but certainly a high you know at least it it it, it gives a, a a good proportion of those the opportunity to become bred, which they wouldn't obviously have if they weren't treated. And what would the cost of any of these treatments be with regard variability in results and? Yes, yeah, so essentially. When we look at it overall, we'll say um, the cost of the type of regime, we'll say that I mentioned there, is somewhere in the region of about, we'll say, 30 to 35 euro per cow treated. Um, 
So obviously we'll say then you have the AI costs on top of that, but you know, the, a lot of farmers that would be carrying out this, these uh, type of synchronization or timed AI programs would be able to negotiate, we'll say, with their AI uh, provider in that instead of paying an inseminator, you know, on an ad hoc basis, whenever a cow come, happens to come on heat or heifer, you know, you can make a deal on the basis that you might have 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever number, we'll say, available on a particular day. So obviously then there's only one call out fee and, uh, you know, AI centers seem to be uh, quite amenable, we'll say, to um, negotiating, we'll say, on insemination costs like that. In your opinion, how could success from a synchronization program be improved? Well, I suppose the first thing is to try to reduce that period between when when the cows calf and when they actually resume normal cyclicity. Like in cows that calf in, 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 I suppose, moderate to good condition, typically on average you'd expect those cows, a high proportion of them, to have resumed cyclicity to be undergoing normal cycles after about two months after calving. So, as I said earlier, those cows that are cycling at the start, we'll say, of a synchronization regime, have a, a higher, I suppose, probability, a greater success rate than those cows that are, as we call them, anestrous or not, not cycling. So that's that's the first thing. Um, after that, I suppose, as I say, you know, having cows in, in, in moderate to good condition, we'll say, is, is, uh, is certainly beneficial to the results. Another important thing would be that you know, and it's the same regardless of whether you're using synchronization or not, during the breeding season, that cows would be, um, I suppose, maintained on a steady plane nutrition. You need to avoid fluctuations, you know, in uh, grass supply. So obviously good grassland management is important and obviously that can happen, you know, quite easily either through, I suppose, poor grassland uh, management or indeed periods, we'll say, of adverse weather where, you know, you run short to grass and that might just happen to coincide with a key period when a, a, a significant number of cows are being bred. I suppose like anything, you know, whether it's a vaccination program or it's a synchronization program or other, you know, that farmers should adhere to the protocol and follow it, follow it regimentally, you know, just to make sure that whatever, I suppose, the vet prescribes in terms of, let's say, the drugs that they're administered at the right at the right time as well. As four out of every five calves are produced from a stock bull and taking into consideration the issues that you've discussed earlier, what advice would you recommend to farmers considering using AI on some of the cows this year or on replacement heifers? Well, as I say, you know, I think most farmers would acknowledge that there's a role, we'll say, for AI on every herd. So essentially, whether you decide you want to breed your heifers, you know, you want to avoid having to buy, you know, an extra bull, maybe an easier calving bull, we'll say, that you might run with, with your heifers, or indeed you want to try to breed or place them within the herd, we'll say, and having a, you know, maybe a different bull, we'll say, with better maternal traits. Um, so essentially, you can, number one, AI your heifers to very easy calving um, sires. Um, and number two, you can identify maybe your best cows, your earliest calving cows, your cows would say with the best milkability, for example, that are weaning the heaviest calves, that those cows will be, I suppose, picked out and, and bred to high reliability uh, bulls with, you know, very good maternal uh, traits. Um, so th those are the two, I suppose, are the two main cohorts or the two main reasons, we'll say, potentially for using AI in at least, a, a, I suppose, a, a, um, a fraction, we'll say, or a proportion of your herd. And following on, what have recent Chaga studies on timed AI in beef cows indicated? Well, as I say, you know, it can it can be the program that I mentioned there would say, and again, all of this is available would say on the on the Chagas uh, internet, uh, and again from proceedings from the last two op open days, we've had at Grange, uh, and if farmers, particularly Chagas clients, look back on their um, 
their uh, firm notes would say advisory notes there i would recover this in a, in a number of the last number of years in terms of uh, the actual more detail on these protocols but essentially as i say in cows that are calved you know five weeks plus um we would have seen would say there there those cows would say um that um are in moderate to good condition um that obviously don't have any uh, womb we'll say infections or any problems of that we'll say which generally would we'll say is a very very small proportion anyway um and you know that that uh, are on a steady plane of nutrition that you can get results we'll say of 55 65 percent of treated cows we'll say pregnant and again with no i suppose negative effects for their subsequent fertility so as as, as i mentioned earlier in the farms that we've been working with up to 80 percent of their cows will say of the treated cows could be become pregnant in the first three weeks we'll say of the breeding season between the i suppose the insemination following the synchronized heat and then for either you know being bred any repeats would say being bred through ai or through a, a natural service bowl if a farmer was to put the synchronization program in place for either heifers or suckler cows how will it affect the animal's future cycle or fertility? Um, there's no effect. So essentially all you're doing with a synchronization program is interrupting, we'll say, um, or manipulating their current cycle. So there's no negative knock-on effects whatsoever, we'll say, for their subsequent fertility. In fact, you know, there was a, a very, very large-scale study there uh, published in uh, there a number of years ago in Brazil, just, just to give some context, where over a 10-year period, they bred using synchronization each year, uh, a very similar protocol to, to what I mentioned earlier, um, you know, 20,000 heifers and cows. And each year, you know, um, the results were more or less identical in that, you know, somewhere between 50 and 65% pregnancy rates, would say, in those animals, you know, with no carryover negative effects whatsoever, no evidence whatsoever of uh, issues, would say, if, uh, following those synchronization regimes. That's very interesting. As we approach the start of the breeding season, what pre-breeding bull fertility checks would you recommend? Yes, that's a very important uh, question, Catherine. And I think it's something the farmers are much, much more aware of now, we'll say, than maybe in the past in terms of, you know, the, I suppose, the importance, we'll say, to uh, make sure that the bull, we'll say, is uh, capable, we'll say, of, uh, of getting cows and calf, essentially. So, like... The bull breeding soundness evaluation test will say now much more, many, many more veterinary practices are set up, to, you know, to conduct that. And essentially, it, it's a, a thorough, we'll call it an NCT, we'll say, on a bull. So essentially, you're looking at, you know, a semen sample being taken and being examined, we'll say, for your know, sperm viability, essentially. Um, and also that the bull, bull would undergo a thorough veterinary examination you know, um, in terms of its general health, but also particularly its locomotive, locomotive ability, because again, f feet and lameness issues, would say, are one of the, I suppose, the main contributors, would say, to um, to poor fertility, would say, in, uh, in bulls. Um, like, we know that, you know, anything up to one out of 20 bulls can be totally infertile, even though they might have been fine the previous year. Um, but more worryingly, you know, up to a quarter can be subfertile. So in other words, when they're not under any pressure, they may well be able to get cows and calf. But, you know, as I suppose in the peak of the breeding season, that's when they get found out. And those are the those are the bulls, we'll say, or those are the animals that cause the most hardship when it comes to the, the end of season scanning. You know, because you think, you know, you don't see a high proportion, maybe a cows, we'll say, uh, cycling, or it's not as obvious as where the bull is totally infertile and where maybe you might be able to go in and, and take remedial action earlier. Um, and, uh, and and often we'll say it results in very poor scanning rates at the end of the season. So I suppose one thing I would say, in addition 
to um, getting the vegetables to carry out the breeding soundness evaluation is that farmers buying young bulls in particular should monitor them, we'll say, for their mating ability that they're actually able to physically mount and, and mate cows. Um, and also, ideally, a good practice will be in those cows, the first number of cows that they see um, being mated, that they would um, get those scanned pregnancy scanned about a month later to confirm a normal uh, fertility that you know at least six out of every 10 animals mated will say would be pregnant so I think that that would be very important so certainly you know the the kind of lazy fair attitude it'll be all right um, it doesn't work would say because it, it can end in tears unfortunately some key recommendations there David thank you very much for joining me on the show you're more than welcome Catherine thanks that's all for this episode and my thanks to Dr David Kinney for joining me on the show you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening. <laughs>